Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Faith It Till You Make It. When I was growing up, I had a couple older people in my life and they would tell me, especially I had a guy where I worked when I was a young guy. He said, Joe, fake it till you make it. And uh, so I tried faking it till I make it. And I found out if you fake it, you never make it, right? You just won't make it. Uh, people are looking for us to be authentic, right? So that doesn't work. But you know what does work? Faith. And you and I can take this substance called faith. And if we learn how to use it as Christians, we can faith it and we will make it. So that's why we made this the title. And it got me to thinking about believers and many of you run businesses. All of us run households, right? And I just thought of the times where I didn't know what to do. I needed wisdom. And, and, and by faith, I asked God for wisdom and he flooded me with wisdom to show me what to do. I remember times when I, uh, the church couldn't pay the bills, you know. Uh, the economy goes up and down and churches go up and down with the economy, right? There were times when payroll wasn't going to be met. And I just remember faithing it and watching God come through. It's an amazing thing when we learn how to use our faith. It's pretty powerful. I remember times when God asked me to do things or us to do things as a church. And I was a little bit fearful, like it was a big step. And, and I remember stepping out and faithing it and watching God do what only he can do. And there's many of you, I could ask you to stand up and you could talk about what happened when you believed God for one of his promises, or you stepped out on one of the instructions of God. And it reminds me of one of my favorite Bible stories. It's Jesus and his 12 disciples. They're on the shore and he says, I'm gonna go pray over here up in the hills. And he said, you get on the boat and go to the other side. So they're making their way to the other side. You have to remember some of them are professional fishermen. And the Bible says a storm came upon the lake and I'm imagining three five foot waves and they're just shaking the boat and the, they're afraid the boat's gonna capsize, right? I was on Lake Erie years ago uh, fishing with a group of guys. We were on probably a 25, 30 foot boat and a storm moved in and, and there were five foot waves and that's scary. And the guy we were with 30 miles out, he began to make his way in, but man, I fed some fish that day. It was an awful experience. Now guys, guys, the disciples, I did. The, the disciples were so nervous. When you read the text, they were screaming like little sissies. These are professional uh, fishermen, but they know if we fall in that water, we can't swim. They don't have life vests, and they know we're done, and they're afraid, and then they see this someone walking on the water, and they think it's a ghost. So now they're even more afraid, and they're screaming like bigger sissies, like, oh, no, a ghost is going to get us. And then they noticed it was Jesus, and Peter said this, he said, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said one big word. He said, come. And I want you to think about it. The storm didn't stop. The storm kept going. The boat kept rocking. The waves kept hitting them in the face. And Peter took that one word, come, and he stepped out of the boat. And he had to put his feet into those waves. And if, if he didn't stand up in that water by a miracle from Jesus, by walking on that word, he would have sunk, been pulled under, and probably drowned. But you know what he did? He walked on the water. And it was just one simple 
word. You know, I realize when it comes to faith, there's some extreme teachings out there. And that's true with every part of the Bible, isn't it? There's extreme teachings on the Holy Spirit, extreme teachings on grace. But we don't throw those subjects out because somebody goes berserk with them, right? And people have gone berserk with faith. But here's what keeps us safe with this subject, guys. It's when we understand where it comes from and how we can have it. And I love this scripture. Listen to this scripture. This is Romans 10, 17. It reads, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Remember the word, word there. And this is telling us what happens when we accept Jesus. If you read the verses above, we have to hear the good news and then faith comes and we say, I believe that. But guys, the Bible says to each and every one of us in Colossians 2, 6, as you receive Christ Jesus, continue to walk in him. And you know what? Faith is something we need after we're a Christian. And do you know how it comes? From the word of God. And that word, word, is the Greek word rhema, which means the spoken word. And it's not just something that comes out of God's mouth right now. It's the spoken word that you hear with these ears or that's written down. That's the reign of God. So God said it. It might be in our Bibles, but he said it. And I just want you to think about if that's how faith comes, we're always gonna have boundaries and we're always going to be safe. And it's hard to go extreme when you understand where it comes from. So I have a big idea, guys, over in Boardman, if you're visiting uh, online, TCI here in Warren, big idea. This is what I want you to walk out, visitors and all of us understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this, faith enables ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Now I want you to think about Peter. Peter was below average, um, had no education, he was a professional fisherman, but he was a one-boat show, so he, he wasn't a good businessman. Uh, he, he was just an ordinary guy, but one word from God that he stepped out on made him extraordinary. Has anybody here ever walked on water? I don't know about you, but I've never walked on water. That's pretty extraordinary. Now, uh, fake theologians, you know what they'll say? They'll say, well... Uh, Jesus didn't really walk on the water. It was ice. It was frozen. So I don't know about you, but that's more of a miracle because there was a boat on the frozen water, right? And there were waves on the frozen water. No, it was real water, guys. And it really happened. And Jesus didn't speak that word to us, so we can't step out and walk on the water. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of other things he has spoken to us. Faith enables ordinary people to do extraordinary Things. So I came up with what I call six faith facts that are gonna help us understand this big idea more clearly, and it's gonna set us up for the rest of this series. This is four lessons, so this is lesson number one. And again, this is our first weekend. And here's faith fact number one. You ready? We please God when we faith it. And that's important. By faith, we please God. Now, for all of you that have kids, Gina and I had four, and our kids were pretty good kids, uh, you know, uh, and our girls were way better than our boys. Uh, but you know what? As good as they were, there were times when they didn't listen, times when they did some things we wish they didn't do. But can I ask all the parents in this room, don't we still love them whether they do everything or not? But when they do what's unexpected, doesn't that please us? Don't we smile? There are times when my kids, you know, let's say they just fixed the bed. You, you know, you, you, you've tried to get them to do it. You've trained them for months. And then one day they just wake up and fix the bed. You walk in and you have a smile. That pleases you. Well, God loves you whether you faith it or not, but we please him when we faith it. And he gets this big smile on his face. And here's what the Bible says, Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, 
it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith pleases God. Listen, listen to this verse, Hebrews 11:2. It was their faith that made our ancestors pleasing to God. It's just something that really makes God smile when we take what he says, one of his instructions or one of his promises, and we step out on it. That makes God smile. Here's, here's the second faith fact. It goes like this. We can see what God sees when we faith it. And every one of us listening, we're limited. I can only see with these eyes in and of myself. So I don't know what's happening tomorrow. I don't know what's happening next, next month. I don't know what's around that, the corner. I have no idea. I can only see what I can see. I can only know what I know. But if we learn to faith it, we can see what God sees because we see what these eyes, faith sees with these eyes. And it's pretty powerful when you begin to see from these eyes because faith is something that God deposits in our heart. And I love this scripture. It reads like this, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. Now, that doesn't mean we throw these eyes out, right? Doesn't mean we don't process, we don't plan. But guys, there's sometimes when we're walking through life, life can depress you. Life can scare you. Life can pull the peace out of you. But we have another set of eyes where we can see what God sees, and it can enable us to walk through, live through, and do anything. It's a whole nother set of eyes. I like the way it's spoken of here, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. And I think about heaven. A majority of you listening right now, we're convinced heaven exists, right? I, I've never seen, uh, never had the pleasure of seeing heaven with these eyes, but I know it's there. What's the proof? Faith. The Bible said it. I, I, I see it in here. I, I, I believe it's there. I have never met Jesus, but I'm convinced Jesus exists, right? Why? Because I've accepted him. The Bible's talked to me about him. You're the same way. I think of some of the martyrs. You know, to this day, Christians are being martyred for their faith. Uh, in Iran, they're, they're putting Christians to death or throwing them into jail. Still happening in the nation of China. The Chinese people are wonderful, but the government there, they're kind of... Not so good, right? And, and so you take some of those nations, Christians are either thrown into jail or some of them are put to death. And I think of Bible days. They, they, you know, they meet Jesus and a week later they're told, deny him or die. <laughs> Whoa. But somehow they're seen with these eyes and they believe heaven's there. They believe Jesus is there and they go, oh, I'm not denying him. Guys, that, the eyes that come with faith are absolutely amazing. And that's why faith enables ordinary people to do extraordinary things. We can see what God can see when we walk by faith. How about, how about this one? We're pursuing one of the big seven when we faith it. That's pretty cool. You know, the Bible says we should flee all kinds of things. Uh, we should flee the love of money. We should flee sin. And it just goes on and on. Flee these things. Walk away from them. And then it tells us we should pursue seven things. 
And these are what I call the big seven. We're gonna look at a verse where six of them are listed all in one verse. And the other one that's not listed is peace. That's referring to peace with people and internal peace in our hearts. Bible says pursue peace. But it's amazing. Faith is so important. It's one of the big seven. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this, guys. It says, now exists faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. But faith is in the top three. That's pretty amazing. So listen to 1 Timothy 6, 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things. It's all the things in the verses above. And pursue righteousness, godliness, He's, these are already Christians, so it's not salvation faith. Faith, love, patience, gentleness. And so it's one of the big three, which means it's really, really important. We can all agree love is the most important thing. We're to pursue the, it. Uh, righteousness is important, right? But God says, you know what? That substance called faith is also important. I want you to pursue it because you're gonna need to faith it because we're all ordinary people and God's gonna ask us to do some extraordinary things and God wants us to rise above and be able to be stronger than we really are. He wants us to be able to walk through this world uh, with the light of God coming through us and the love of God coming through us and we're gonna have to learn to faith it in order for that to happen, right? Guys, here's, here's number four. I like this one. God helps us fight our battles when we faith it. And we're gonna see all kinds of examples in this series, but think about it. There's so many things that hit us that are so much bigger than we are. And, 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 and we need God's help. And when we learn to faith it, God can come onto the scene. And I like what 1 Timothy 6, 12 says, fight the good fight of faith. And the word good, the Greek word, literally means better. And I like better then I do good. Because better means there's options, right? And God says the better way to handle your problems is with this substance called faith. That means sometimes we try to do everything in our own strength and that just isn't gonna work. And I know many of you are listening right now saying, oh yes, I, I've tried to do it my own way. But then you faithed it and you saw, oh, this really works much better. Reminds me of a story. I, was, uh, I grew up in a home, my dad, mom had seven boys. My dad was one of those super mechanical people. Uh, he, he was tearing engines apart at 16. My, my great uncles taught him how to do it. He tears them apart, put them back together. He was tool and die. He built the first home that we lived in. He built it, took five years. He went to block laying school just so he could lay the block and the brick. I mean, he could do anything. And he had seven boys and all six of my brothers were mechanical and I have no abilities whatsoever. <laughs> I have, I, I have 10 thumbs. I, I can take a light bulb out and put it in. I can do a few things. I mean, whoa, and Gina just goes, oh, honey, you're my hero. Whoa. Yeah, I know, I know. I took a screw out, put a screw back in. Oh, yeah. Um, I just have no ability. So <clears throat> we were young, married couple, didn't have children yet. We had this uh, older Kirby sweeper we bought, and some of you might remember, and they were like tanks, you know, and the belt broke. Gina said, you need to change the belt. My mom and dad are coming over for dinner and I'm doing all these other things. She's working in the kitchen. And I said, I'll get to it, I'll get to it because she wanted to do a quick run of the sweeper. And so 15 minutes before they're supposed to come, I turn it over and I'm trying to take this metal lid off the bottom so I can change it and I can't get it off. So I grab a big screwdriver, flathead, and I'm gonna pry it off. And just then the doorbell rings. My mom and dad always came 15, 20 minutes early. 
And so I go answer the door and I give them kisses and hugs and they sit down and I told my dad, I'm just changing the belt. He goes, you want me to help you? And I said, dad, I can do it, man. Don't, don't worry. And so I tried again, wouldn't work. So I get that screwdriver and my dad sees me and he freaks out. He goes, what are you gonna do, son? I said, it won't come out, it's jammed. I'm just gonna give it a little push. He said, son, never force anything. Use finesse, son. And he's just looking at me, he's so serious. I said, I tried everything. He said, son, put that screwdriver down and look closer. So I get down there and I look closer and there's two latches. And I just flip the latches and it pops off. And here's why I share this story. I I have found myself as a young Christian running around with a screwdriver trying to fix all the problems in my life and God saying, man, don't use just your own strength. He's saying, finesse it with the spirit, finesse it with faith. And I wanna encourage every one of us to make sure we're not getting that screwdriver and trying to fix things just with a screwdriver when we can tap into the very power of God. We can fight with this thing called faith. Here's number five. Some Christians can't faith it. Doesn't that sound terrible? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing God's word. So if a Christian isn't being taught well, uh, they're not gonna have a lot of faith. If they don't read their Bibles, they're not gonna have a lot of faith. And so if you don't hear the word, you won't have faith. So some Christians can't faith it. And here's what Jesus said about our faith. And I want us to get up to the high level. Uh, Jesus said our faith can be absent. This is in Mark 16, 14. He rebuked them for their lack of faith. I don't ever wanna be in that category, right? And then Jesus said this, our faith can be weak. Matthew 14, 31. He said, you of little faith. So I don't want anyone to call believers their home. I don't want any of you to have no faith or little faith. I want us to be the next one. Listen to this one. Our faith can be great. That means we have an abundance of it. Matthew 8, 10, Jesus said, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Most of us know the story. This is a Roman centurion. And uh, he, he sends his servants to Jesus and says, go, go ask Jesus to heal uh, this other servant. He has a servant that's, that's sick. And he said, don't bring him here. Just tell him to speak the word. So they go and say, Jesus, uh, our, our, our master, he's a Roman centurion. He treats the Jewish people well. He makes some donations you know, to, to the temple. And they said, uh, one of his servants is dead. He wants you to heal them. And he said, I'll come. And they go, no, 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 no. He said, he's not worthy have you into his house. He said, just speak the word. Speak the word and he'll be healed. And it blew Jesus' mind. And if this Roman centurion can have great faith, I believe all of us can have great faith. And I'm doing this series because faith enables ordinary people to do extraordinary things. We can only do extraordinary things with great faith, right? And I I want this to be said of all of us. You ready? Acts 11.24. For he, Barnabas, was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. So it's nice to be called a good man. It's nice to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But this guy did extraordinary things because also he was filled with faith. That means he was filled with the word of God. And I want people to look at us and say, Man, you're full of faith. Now, when I was growing up, I tell a lot of grown-up stories. Uh, I frustrated my parents because I didn't listen. I lied all the time. Uh, I think my brother Mike was a little better liar than me. He pastors Faith Family in Canton. (laughs) But I was right there with him. We were neck and neck. We would jive our parents, lie about everything. And my daddy used to say, Joe, this is when I'm in high school, you're full of... 
blank. I never appreciated it. But he was right, so it was hard to be mad, right? But I want, I want people to say of me today, and I want people to say of you today, you're full of faith. And it happens as we just put ourselves into the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word. This series is gonna set us up, take all of us to the next level. And I want you to do me a favor. Online, do it in the chat rooms. Men at TCI, do it, do it there. Boardman, here and Warren. Look at somebody next to you and say, you're full of faith. Would you do it? Just look at them. Now, come on. Say it a little louder, a little stronger. Say it to someone else now. You're full of faith. Don't slip. Don't say the wrong word. Okay. In case you've never preached, that's the biggest fear of a pastor in the world, just to say the wrong word by mistake. And I've done it many times, guys. And then I just start laughing because what what else are you going to do? Here's number six. Jesus can't do some things unless we faith it. I want you to think about this. This is a strong statement. And if you're visiting, I believe in the sovereignty of God. I really believe in the sovereignty of God. And uh, God can do anything, anyway, anytime. But the sovereign God also sets up covenants. So we have what's called the new covenant. I won't be teaching that in this series. But in our covenant, he sets up rules. That's why in James, he said, if any of you lack faith, let him ask of God who gives freely and in abundance. But he went on to say, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Don't let the person that wavers or doubts think they'll receive anything from the Lord. So God gave us an instruction. When we pray, we have to believe that what we're asking God will give us. Well, you know what makes it really easy to believe it? We know what he promised, right? So I wanna ask you a question. If the sovereign God made a sovereign promise and a sovereign covenant, would the covenant and the promises also be sovereign? Yeah, God said in Philippians 4.13, he said, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So if that's what God said, would that be sovereign? Absolutely. Do you have to wonder if God wants to give you grace and strength to do? No, you don't have to say, if it be your will, strengthen me, God. It is his will. The sovereign God said, this is what I'll do every single time you need strength. And then write down a couple verses down, Philippians 4.19. The Bible says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his ability. That's a sovereign promise. So I don't have to pray, God, I have a need. Would you please make my, meet my need if it be thy will? There's sometimes when we say if it be thy will. But if he made a promise, that promise is sovereign, baby. And we can, we can just know that that's what God promised us. And sometimes because we don't believe what God said, he's not able to do some things. And you might say, are you sure? Can I give you an example? Jesus is doing miracles everywhere, all these towns. And then he goes into his hometown. So he's in his hometown. And while he's walking in, the Bible records all the chatter. And here's the chatter, guys. In that Mary son, that Jesus, wasn't he born a Mary? Isn't that, isn't that Joseph's stepson? Don't we drink with his brother Bobby down at the bar? And they're just humanizing him. They're saying, and I don't know why I pick a Southern accent for (laughs) biblical Jewish guys, but I kind of think they were like Jim Bob, you know, people like that. So I really do. So they're saying all this about Jesus. They don't believe he's the son of God. And so everywhere he goes, he's raising the dead. He's healing the leopard. And the Bible says this in Matthew 13, 58, in his hometown. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. 
And I want us to be a people that allow Jesus to do everything he wants to do in our life. And that's why these faith facts are important because faith enables ordinary people to do extraordinary things because it releases God to help us in every area of our life. So I wanna ask a question. Online, I need you to take care of this in the chat room. Men at TCI, Borman warned, if you're excited that faith enables ordinary people to do extraordinary things, can we give God a thank you? Can we just give it up, say thank you, God? I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, here's my heart's prayer. I ask you to open up our hearts and help us understand this incredible thing called faith as we get into the next couple weeks, Father. And I thank you for doing that in every single one of our lives. We thank you that you gave us a substance that enables us to do extraordinary things, Lord. Thank you so much. So our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. The Holy Spirit's ministering life to people. While we're all praying, maybe you're here, maybe it's in Borman, maybe it's online, maybe it's here in Warner, TCI, and you're not sure of your eternity. Jesus did come, he is the son of God. He did die on a cross, he did. God raised him from the dead. You know what the Bible calls that part of the Bible? The good news. And you know what the Bible said? It says if we're faithful to just speak that out, God will produce faith in people's hearts. And people aren't already always ready, so it's a seed that just gets in them and it grows. But some of you may be listening right now and you're ready. You say, I believe that. The Bible says whoever calls on his name, whoever says, Jesus, I believe you're the Savior, God will save them. So with everybody listening, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, that's me, Understand, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you go to church, if you're a member at a church. I'm not asking you if you believe in God, don't believe in God. Here's what I'm asking. If you believe what you just heard and you say, I'm ready to pray and accept Christ so he forgives all my sins, I want you to pray with me. Can the rest of us help them? Would you help us in all the venues? Would you help us out? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was sin-stained, and I need a Savior. This day, I repent of my sins, and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins in all the world, that God raised you up out of that grave. You are the Son of God who always existed, who died for me. I receive you as my Savior and I make a decision to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.